0: Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Monday, January the 11th, and this is your morning briefing. Starting with the latest political news in Lebanon, Parliament Speaker Nabih Berri on Friday dismissed claims made by President Michel Aoun. On the role of the Constitutional Court in Lebanon, reaffirming that only the Parliament has the power to interpret the Constitution. Now on earlier on Friday during a meeting with the head of the Constitutional Court and its members, said that the role of the Constitutional Court should not be limited to monitoring the constitutionality of laws, but to interpreting the Constitution itself in accordance with reforms presented in the Ta'if Accord. Touching on the economy and the Lebanese lira, Lebanon's central bank governor, Riyad Salemi, announced that Lebanon's central bank is ready to provide all the information necessary for the forensic audit required for the international community. The central bank governor also explained that the era of the fixed exchange rate system between the Lebanese pound and the American dollar is over, and that there will now be a floating exchange rate determined by the market. He also denied having used shell companies to manage his real estate abroad. Moving on to the COVID-19 pandemic and the country's health sector, a surge in the coronavirus cases is overwhelming hospitals across Lebanon, leading doctors to tell families to care for sick loved ones at home because there's no more space in the wards. Now as the country records its highest number of daily coronavirus infections of the pandemic Hospitals are barely able to find beds for even the most critical patients. LBCI Television, for its part, said that, quote, The Anti-Coronavirus Committee will submit recommendations to the Ministerial Committee demanding the closure of the Rafiq Hariri International Airport, the borders, and most sectors for seven days. Al-Markeziya News Agency, meanwhile, reported that the caretaker cabinet is inclined to take a decision to shut down the country from Wednesday until February the 1st. And finally, on the security front, Israeli military jets carried out several low-flying flights over Beirut, as reconnaissance drones also buzzed overhead on Sunday in what has become a daily occurrence. Now, Israel regularly violates Lebanon's airspace, often to carry out strikes in neighboring Syria. On Christmas Eve, for example, Israeli jets flew low late into the night, terrorizing Beirut residents, who are no strangers to such flights. The frequency of low-flying warplanes over the capital has intensified in the last two weeks, making residents jittery as tensions run high in the region on the final days of President Donald Trump's administration. Moving on to regional news and the second segment of this episode, the national carriers of Qatar and Saudi Arabia have announced the resumption of air travel between the two countries starting next week, just days after a deal was reached to end a years-long regional diplomatic dispute. A Gulf Corporation Council summit on Tuesday declared an end to the bitter rift in which members of Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, along with Egypt, blockaded Qatar since June of 2017. The state-owned Saudi Arabian Airlines, also known as Saudia, said on Saturday it will operate flights from the capital Riyadh and the port city of Jeddah to the Qatari capital of Doha starting on Monday. And Qatar's national carrier also announced on Twitter that the resumption of flights to three Saudi cities next week. The first services will be to Riyadh on Monday. Following up on the Moroccan Israeli normalization process, Moroccan Foreign Minister Nasser Bourita discussed on Sunday relations with top US envoy David Schenker following Rabat's normalizing its ties with Israel. Shankar, who is the Assistant Secretary of State for Near Eastern Affairs, said that the U.S. was committed to deepening the relationship with Morocco. The U.S. official visited contested Western Sahara on Saturday after Washington recognized Morocco's sovereignty there in exchange for the deal with Israel. Meanwhile, in Israel, thousands of people demonstrated against Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, calling on the long-serving leader to resign over corruption charges against him and his alleged mishandling of the coronavirus crisis. The protest in a Jerusalem square near Netanyahu's official residence came as Israel is in the middle of its third national lockdown, which was recently tightened to shutter schools as the country presses forward with a world-leading vaccination drive. Netanyahu's trial was set to resume this week, but was postponed indefinitely amid the tighter restrictions. The 71-year-old leader has been indicted on charges of bribery, fraud, and breach of trust connected to three long-running investigations. As for updates on COVID vaccination, Iran's Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei has prohibited imports of COVID-19 vaccines from the U.S. and the United Kingdom. In a televised speech on Friday, the Supreme Leader said he has no confidence in vaccines coming out of the two Western powers, since they have some of the highest mortality rates in the world. He quotes, if the Americans had managed to manufacture a vaccine, this coronavirus fiasco wouldn't have happened in their own country, adding that the U.S. is now registering a daily death toll of 4,000 people. Khamenei said the same applies to the U.K., and that he does not trust the US and the UK since they may wish to test out their vaccines on other nations. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. As always, thank you so much for your time, and don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.